Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number three on a Buffalo Victory Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on One Bills Live. And joined now, making his weekly appearance after every Bills game, it is Bills legend and radio color analyst Eric Wood joining us on the line. Eric, thanks for doing it, first of all. And second, I want to start with the defensive front. Is that one of the best or better defensive line performances of the season. They're, they have not been few and far between. There have been some good ones. That one was pretty darn dominant and pretty darn physical yesterday. It was, and that's without Von Miller. Second straight week without Von Miller, and we're not going to have him back for the remainder of the season. So we needed production out of this defensive group um, that's left there on the defensive line. This is a, uh, a room that still has four new free agents from last year, even without Von Miller, that fifth one, uh, not in the lineup. And yes, they were physical throughout the game. I thought they were physical as well against the Patriots last week. You know, there maybe there's a lot being said nationally about how the Bills would fare without Von Miller for the rest of the year, and, and maybe they've taken it personally. But um, you know, Ed Oliver continues plays extremely well. The defensive ends cause consistent pressure. Those guys on the interior, even without Jordan Phillips, were able to allow a guy like a Matt Milano to continue to thrive. And part of the reason that these linebackers, Tremaine Evans and Matt Milano, have both have su- had such excellent seasons this year is because of the play of those defensive tackles inside. So, yes, this was this was a very impressive performance, again, and part of the main reason that's the defense only gives up 10 points on the day. Yeah, and I, I thought Ed Oliver, he never shows up. He doesn't show up too much on the stat sheet, but I thought Ed Oliver played on the Jet side of the line of scrimmage a ton yesterday. And he's becoming the guy we thought he would be, that knifing three technique who, you know, it's hard for those defense, those offensive linemen to get a hand on him and, and break his momentum. Uh, he, his penetration is what led to uh, Greg Rousseau's first sack as he flushed Mike White out of the pocket. Talk a little bit about those defensive tackles, uh, Ed Oliver in particular, about how the, the kind of game they're playing. Yeah, Ed Oliver's playing excellent lately, and you know Thanksgiving was a great example of it when he was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, but his strong plays continued. I thought the second half of last season was Ed Oliver's best ball of his career, and then he's continued it through a majority of this year. He has that ankle sprain early in the season, hampers him a little bit, but he's playing really good football right now, and I believe we talked about it on the show last week that 
great pass rushing defensive lines at times are led by a three technique that that knifing defensive tackle that you're referring to Steve you look at a Rams team last year Aaron Donald their best pass rusher the Eagles when they win the Super Bowl Fletcher Cox was their best pass rusher and sometimes the the defensive ends get the sacks because they're running the edge and while you know Mike White has to scramble in the pocket he's got a maneuver he can get around and Ed Oliver he's in his vision it's those guys coming around the edge that get to clean up in those instances Greg Rousseau has two sacks yesterday Shaq Lawson gets one I think Shaq Lawson quietly has been one of the best players on this Bills defense all year when they've struggled to stop the runs at run at times Shaq Lawson's that physical DN presence and then he's also shown that he's still capable of rushing the passer at this point of his career and so really happy for Shaq Lawson I know he was excited after the game to talk about a team that cut him last year and to be able to have a sack against them but whether or not he made that sack or not his presence has been felt throughout this season and and what an addition he's been to this team let's flip it over to the other side of the ball and another thing that you and I mentioned on the pregame roundtable Eric was that we felt the soft underbelly of this Jets defense which is a top five unit was coverage at the second level and I felt like and this is hard to decipher granted I feel like Ken Dorsey built check down options into the game plan for Josh Allen in week nine. I want to believe there was some of that yesterday, but at times Josh chose again, much like he did in week nine to push the ball down the field and try to get it all in one place. So to speak, how as a coach like Ken Dorsey, for example, do you try to strike a balance with a quarterback as talented as Josh is and convince him maybe on a game where you're facing a defensive line of this caliber to stay on schedule and take the little chunks instead of trying to get it all in one play. Yeah, we talked about that on the roundtable before the game, and that's backed up with statistics and analytics. When you look at this Jets defense, the majority of the yards that they've given up in the passing game is kind of at that linebacker level or attacking Michael Carter in the slot. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, excellent cornerbacks outside. Teams just haven't been able to get a lot of yards outside. Part of that's due to their pass rush as well. They get home. Generally, it's longer developing on the outside when you're going to get open. And so the 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 easiest way to make yards in the passing game is a lot of times attacking the middle of that of that field and you know the bills are very close in that first half it's a john brown ball that he just doesn't come down with and it's josh and steph missing that first third down of the game when michael carter trips and falls or else or else we might be looking at Steph Diggs over 100 yards again. He probably grabbed 60 on that play alone with Carter on the ground. And so it's very close there. Um, it was very close, especially in the first half, to being a productive half, but it wasn't, you know, and because uh, they don't make those two plays. As far as calling those plays, and, and we've talked about it before, you don't want to take away Josh's aggressiveness, but at times what the defense gives you is that check down, especially when the running zone, there's, you know, you can't cover everything. If you're taking away the deep ball, generally the underneath stuff is there. And yesterday, just unable to convert on a lot of those to, in you know, not a very productive day on offense. And part of the reason you get the win is that you have zero turnovers and the Jets have two. But in that same instance, you want to stay aggressive, limit the turnovers, but stay aggressive. And it's a balance you're looking for each and every week. And as a play caller, you're generally calling plays that have different in the past game, different dimensions on each play. I mean, there there are plays where it's a play action rollout and it's generally, you know, flat to to the over route. 
but but majority of pass plays have an element of taking a shot and then a check down and yesterday just bad execution and without looking at the film specifically I haven't seen the coach's copy yet but as the game went on I felt like and I even said it before a few of the plays, they would get in an empty set, digs in the slot. I'm like, well, here we go. This, this is going to be easy easy pickings in the middle of the field. And just at times, it was it's just a, a lack of execution. Right. And you, you get into a game like this, you're playing a, a, a top-flight defense in the New York Jets. It's 32 and raining slash snowing. Um, how much of that do you chalk up to the way the Bills played, plus a 10-day layoff? They looked a little rusty. They didn't, you know, offsides false starts, holding, uh, that kind of thing offensively anyway. You know, Josh missing that first third down, as you mentioned. How much of that is the conditions and the defense you're playing, and how much of it is the Bills? And if it's the Bills, how concerned are you? Well, I mean, yesterday, it both sides of the ball looked like that ball was slick and very tough to catch. And I made a point during the broadcast the way the balls come out to start the series, sometimes it's easiest to throw on that first play of the series before that ball hits the ground again, before it gets slick. The refs had a towel out there for majority of the game. They're trying to draw that ball, dry that ball off, but it it, it, it can often be that's the easiest ball to complete is that first ball of the drive when it's still um, fairly dry coming in from the sideline. And so um, – regardless of the conditions yesterday, I saw it posted today, the Bills have the second most drops in all of the NFL. So, you know, we have a slick conditions yesterday, but as far as a full sample size of a season, we have the second most drops in the league, I believe, behind Green Bay. And it's talked at length about how Aaron Rodgers can't find guys that can catch the ball consistently, and, and we're right on their heels. We're one off of them with 23 drops on the season. Yesterday, it was a big deal. Isaiah McKenzie had two third down drops and Isaiah had been trending in a very positive direction the previous two weeks. And then coming into yesterday's game, they relied on him a little bit. Well, two third downs. Well, the bills go two for 13 on third down in the game. And this is a team that coming into the game was number one in the NFL and third down conversions. You can't drop those balls in the, in those situations, or if the conditions are so bad, then you got to find other ways to move the sticks. Yeah. And that's why seven of their, 13 third down opportunities were third and nine or more and it's hard to win especially against a d-line like that when you're in third and long and behind the sticks as much as they were despite all of that it's four wins in a row two division wins in a row to even their division record at two and two and and they're at the top of the conference as we know eric their conference record is a is a conference best seven and two they have the highest strength of victory in the league and they're tied for the highest strength of schedule in the league with the 10 and 3 record. So while the offense may not have been airtight yesterday, they took care of business and now if they can get one more division win on this 3-week stretch, they will put themselves 3 games clear of their next closest pursuer Miami. Yeah, we can we can gripe about the lack of production on offense yesterday, but they get another win against a quality Jets football team in sloppy conditions when you're not playing your best ball. I think situationally, the Bills lately have been playing very good football, and that's part of the reason why they've been able to reel off four in a row, even if it hasn't been the prettiest 
highlight reels at the end of the game. And and part of the reason is the Bills this season have scored 62 points in the last two minutes of the first half this season. That's the most in the NFL. They're scoring points before the end of the half. And and maybe that leads to, hey, should the Bills run a little bit more hurry up offense throughout the course of a game? But they're playing very good ball at the end of the first half. So they're generally putting up points there. we had won three coin tosses in a row, so we were doing well with the kind of that double dip opportunity where you get points before the half, then you get the ball to start the second half. Lately, turnovers haven't been an issue, two turnovers in the last four games. And then yesterday, the Bills go one for two in the red zone. Their red zone touchdown percentage is climbing. And so they're starting to score touchdowns at a higher clip in the red zone, not turning the ball over as much, playing good situational football. So even on those days where you're not playing your best ball, you're you're way less likely uh, to have an upset opportunity. What would you change about the offense if if you had your druthers? That's a great question. Um, you know, you can you can always point to getting the run game going more, but in and maybe on a day like yesterday, you, you felt like your matchups up front weren't great in the run game and the run game wasn't consistent at all. But you'd love to get that run game going a little bit more in in games like yesterday. It's potentially going under center a touch more to get some of that hard play action. But, you know, Bills come into the NFL, you come in yesterday to, you know, with a top five offense in the league. So they're playing good football, Um, you know, moving step digs around, finding those matchups, attacking those matchups. Uh, I love the involvement from Dawson Knox yesterday. I like the way they mix up personnel groupings. I I liked how um, early in the game they had two, they had an end around of McKenzie. They had Hines going across the formation, just continuing to be multiple and attacking the defense in, in all areas of the field. When the checkdowns there, take it. But man, this is a big play offense. They had big time players. Gabe Davis can take the top of the defense. Diggs can as well. John Brown adds some speed to it as well. And so continuing to just stay as multiple as possible and just continue to attack the defense and, and attack the weaknesses. And, and yesterday, without being in the offensive staff meetings, I don't know that the plan wasn't to go in there and say, hey, Williams and Mosley, they're two linebackers when they're in zone and the Jets play a ton of zone coverage. Yeah. Let's attack the middle of the field. And I don't know that that wasn't the game plan or Josh, you know, those guys weren't open. But yesterday in particular, I would like to see them uh, in in kind of an up-tempo offense, really attack the middle of that field. Yeah, only right. four of Josh's pass attempts in the two games against the Jets went to the middle of the field. And there were opportunities, certainly in that first game back in Week 9, to use the middle of the field more. And I did notice, at least from the naked eye watching it live, having not seen the coach's copy yet, about three instances where there was a middle player, a, a player available in the middle of the field, you mentioned things to do differently. You wanted to go up-tempo offense. There were some times where they went tempo from one play to the next. On one occasion, they forced the Jets to call a timeout. They probably went tempo a handful of other times with limited success. Maybe just explain to the listening audience how that can kind of help kickstart an offense. Yeah, it can do, it can do a number of things. Uh, generally, when you're in an up tempo offense, it limits what the defense can do. They they can't be exotic as exotic because they got to get the play call in e- extremely fast. For a defensive line, it can tire them out, especially a talented group like yesterday. It doesn't allow you if you keep the same personnel group on the field. It doesn't allow them to get those defensive linemen off the field. So it can be easier for the offensive line in those uh, times because the defensive line 
can get tired. It gives Josh Allen more time at the line of scrimmage to then change the play, especially at home when he has the full capability of verbally communicating what he wants to check the plays to, because as you get to the line of scrimmage faster, then you have more time on the play clock. And uh, to me, you know, when you have a, a, a first half like yesterday, no, you don't want to go very fast up top offense and go three and out, give the ball right back to the Jets offense with your defense not having full time to recover. But you start the game with five straight punts. Get a let's switch it up. Let's let's get in that faster paced offense and, and just see if we can catch some rhythm in a different way. What are one of the th- what's one of the things that the reasons why you think and because uh, it's obvious it's true the Bills are really good right before halftime and at the end of games, particularly offensively. And a lot of it has to do with Josh and his ability to extend plays and make some plays in tight spots. But and, and tell, walk us through why. That doesn't happen all the time. Well, I'll say there is a lot of emphasis from the coaching staff. Having played under Sean McDermott, situationally, two-minute, end-of-half, end-of-game situation are drilled constantly throughout training camp and even through the regular season. The only time that we would really work starters on starters in the regular season was in those two-minute, end-of-game situations where we're getting good quality work and constantly repping those situations. So they get a ton of work on that in practice. And then, you know, you got, you have a great quarterback and great playmakers and that helps as well in those situations. And, you know, it almost seems like they catch that little bit of urgency right before the half and and not that they don't approach it throughout it, but man, you get in that desperation mode. Um, you know, you got your, uh, you're, you're, you're pressed up against the clock and they get in that up double offense. It's, it's been great for them this year. Let's uh, fast forward to the next game on the docket here, Saturday night on a short week against Miami. Miami probably just touched down at about 6.30 this morning from the West Coast where they dropped their second in a row. Tua has looked rather ordinary the last two weeks. Has Have opposing defenses figured out Tua and how to at least neutralize his effectiveness, which was at a league-leading level? It certainly looks that way. Now they've played couple teams with really good pass rushers and uh the chargers and the 49ers and 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 part of it's getting home with a four-man pass rush because you bring blitzers against a team like them that have playmakers out in space and two can just get rid of the ball and and see that pre-snap he can be effective but yes i mean we all assumed at some point teams would catch on a little bit to what the dolphins were doing it took it took a while and when you have so much speed on the field with Waddle and Hill, it just puts so much pressure on a defense, but it seems like teams are starting to slow them down. And now, even in the Miami Sun with a depleted defense, the Bills only gave up 21 points in that game back in September. So it's not like this Miami <laughs> offense completely lit up this Bills defense. Now the Bills held the ball for a, a big chunk of that game. Their time of possession uh, margin w- was strong in that game, but you know, the, the Bills only gave up 21 points in that game. So bring them into Orchard Park this weekend, potential uh, lake effect snow. You know, you, you got to like the Bills' chances on defense to be able uh, to have a strong showing against this Miami offense. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, that that game down in Miami, the Bills turned it over in the red zone as well, which, um, you know, got into the margin of victory as well. This this game this Saturday night, and you've been in them, these night games, it's going to be bitter cold late at night, and it's going to be freezing. Uh, but they just went through it this week. How? Talk a little bit about, you know, 
what this is going to do to the Dolphins. They got back to Miami this morning after being on the West Coast for a week or nine days because they went out there for one game. They come home. They belly flop back into their family and their home life trying to get ready on a short week to come back here to Buffalo. Yeah, that's that's tough to do. Uh, it, it happened to us throughout my career in, in different ways than this, not exact situation, but, and you're also going into conditions that are, you're unable to prepare for, you know, we could potentially, you know, if we played down in Miami in November, December, I remember Doug Marone cranking up the heat in the indoor complex so we could acclimate, try and acclimate to getting a good sweat in. I don't care what you do down in Miami. You can turn the air conditioning on in your bubble as low as you want. It's not going to replicate what they're going to be stepping into up in Buffalo. They also, uh, the Bills have had experience playing in the cold this year. The, the number of these guys have experience playing in the cold over the years here in Buffalo. So the Bills should be more acclimated. And then, man, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. Three straight road games. And shoot, Miami to Buffalo is not that short of a road trip either. That's over a two-hour flight on their charter jet coming up to Buffalo. So it's going to be a grind for them to prepare for this one this week. Now it's a familiar opponent schematically it's not as difficult when you're facing a team for the second time uh, to prepare for the game from that standpoint. But, you know, you play that night game last night and then you got six days to to prepare for um, this Bills team. It, that's tough. That's part of the reason you see a fairly even matchup sitting at seven points released on the point spread. Right. And you guys are going to like this one. So last night it was 55 degrees in L.A., the Dolphins had heaters on their benches for the game in L.A. yesterday. I wonder what they're going to have to come up with for, and I don't know if you saw this, Eric, there is a lake effect snowstorm chance on Saturday night. Let's not move this game to a dome, I'll say that. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's uh, – so I always said during, during a, a really cold game in Buffalo, on the sidelines it's not too bad. You have the heated benches, you have – Keep blowing from both sides. You're wearing the parka. And the worst time was if you got out on the field and then it was a TV timeout. So you're just standing out there. It's windy out there on the field. That's the worst time. A number of the guys in the Dolphins have played cold weather games throughout their career. But I, I, I know from experience, those guys do not like coming up to Buffalo in December. It happened throughout my career where the Dolphins would be having a fairly good season and they'd lay down in the second half if you got up on them because they were miserable out there, truly miserable out there playing. And if you're not used to that little bit of a sting that comes with the cold uh, and hitting somebody, it, it can catch you off guard. Good stuff, Eric. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Travel safe on your way back up here in a few days. Okay, I appreciate it. Have a great week, guys. All right, that's Eric Wood, Bill's radio color analyst, joining us with his view from the booth of yesterday's game, the win over the Jets with the Dolphins on tap. He'll be back here in town before he knows it uh how about that dolphins using bench warming heaters for 55 degree game in la in a stadium that's pretty much indoors dude they get off come that, on they bro. get off that game they get off that plane here in buffalo and that 25 degree 15 degree weather slaps him in the face that's what it feels like yeah and we've all been there are yep. you kidding and yep. they get off they don't walk up a um gangway into the airport they walk off the plane down the steps outside over to a bus it's cold i bet some of them don't even own coats i'm looking forward to that i hope it is yeah karma is a you know what and if there is any team that had a grossly unfair advantage in terms of heat 
It was the Dolphins over the Bills in week three, not to mention the roster depletion that the Bills experienced going into that game. So if the and temperature the wants to plummet to 10 on Saturday night, I'm all for it. Do it, man. Uh, we got to take a break here. When we come back, it's time for the Maddie Awards, as we do every Monday after Bills victories. Bills reporter Maddie Glab joins us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 